in an English country garden. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I've joined by three Mare Musical Guides, and we're talking about English gardens. And English people just break into song at the, at the even mention of an English garden. So Roy Nichols, Gillian Chadwick, Tom Hooper, all... Musical guides. Absolutely. I've never heard you guys sing. So you can tell. Musical <laughs> You know, I am not into gardens. If I don't know what the opposite color of a green is, but that's the color black. of my thumb. Black. I've got black a thumb. black thumb. But when I'm in Britain, i got to say I'm really blown away by the gardens. I enjoy them. Hidcote Manor, Bodenon Gardens. Because, yeah. Beautiful gardens. What is it that distinguishes an English garden? I think it's because so many of the continental gardens are so manicured and so organised. Yeah. And at the heart of a true English cottage garden is a certain amount of disorganisation. You mean weeds? Not weeds. Anyway, <laughs> weed is just a flower in the wrong place. Yes. I think it's that not over-organised, a certain amount of disorganisation, a riot of colour, not worrying too much about matching colours and everything else like this, throwing all sorts of plants together that normally you wouldn't associate with each other. And it gives that very sort of almost wildness about it. And I think that's at the heart so of it. So there's an intentional roughness. Yes, yes, yes definitely. Yes. So it's not over-manicured, over-organized, yes. Because when I'm at uh, Beatrix Potter's cottage, it's just a beautiful sort of yes. festival of color, but yeah. it doesn't yeah. seem very well organized. That, that would yeah, be very formal. typical of a, and that's, of a house garden. And that's yeah. quite deliberate. Maybe it goes back to the Romantic era when people, well, does it go, have an Well, I think it has a much longer history than that. Mm -hmm. One thinks about the 18th and 19th centuries, the Romantic movement and the picturesque movement. But that beginnings of English country gardening go back to medieval times. When and wh where might we see something like that in our travels? There's a wonderful... I mean, there's the Physic Garden in, in Chelsea, which is a good mm -hmm. example of yeah, one of those early herb gardens. There's the Wealdon Downland Museum in Sussex, not far outside of Chichester. Um, this is a recreation of or rebuilding of medieval buildings on a particular site, and they have some wonderful recreations of medieval gardens. It is quite interesting how when centuries roll by, different influences come into the way you design your garden. So the medieval gardens give way to Tudor gardens. And then when you get to the 18th century, there is this idea, we must control nature. So you have great landscape gardens like Capability Brown, who at places like Blenheim Palace. Capability Brown, this is the guy's name. Yeah. He's a great yeah. landscape yeah. architect. He wasn't christened that. No. no. Sir okay. Lancelot. Sir and Lancelot. he'd arrive and say... <laughs> I have the capability. To do. Oh, that was his nickname. Yes. 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 So he was a yes. very proud man, a yes. proud gardener. I, I, yes. have, I have the capability to turn your estate into the best view in England. So they called him Capability yeah. Brown. Yes. What, what are the top two or three names to remember among landscape architects in Britain? Uh, Le Notre, that would yeah. be a Frenchman. Yes, yeah. Did he have he, an impact in England? He came over to the landscape ah. Greenwich. Because yeah. you find his work in the Loire Valley yeah. in the chateaus yeah. there. Gert Capability Brown. Gertrude Jekyll. 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 Yeah. Oh, Sissinghurst, um, Virginia Woolf. Uh, no, Vita Sackville-West. I think the important thing is it tends to be the polite buildings, the large estates, the large country houses mm -hmm. that tend to adopt the continental fashions in gardening, whether it's Italian or French. Whereas the English country gardens that remain constant 
and that sort of natural English country gardens. What's a good example of that? Places Sissinghurst. like Sissinghurst yeah. in, Hid- in Kent. Hidcult. Hidcult. Yeah. And if you were just traveling around Britain, everybody's got this typical itinerary. What are three or four gardens that we should be sure to factor in as we're traveling? Well, one of my favorites is Bodnant in North Wales, just outside the town of Conway. So if you're going to North Wales to see all the castles, make, and a, and it make isn't, a few hours. It isn't for... English because it's Wales, but it's one of the great gardens. Mm. But in, not gardens. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got this manor house where you can sit on the back deck and look out at these gardens, yeah. and then you can hike down, and I believe there's even sort of a mystical a forest you walk, a yeah. little valley, and it's just yeah. a nice little hike even. Yeah. Gorgeous thing. Jillian? I, I live in Sussex, and uh, that's very near Kent, so these are the two gardens of England, basically. So there are dozens of beautiful gardens. Nyman's, Leonard's Lee, Wakehurst Place. Where is this relative to London? South of London, about 20, 30 miles. So within an hour, you could get yes. to some of these gardens from yeah. London. This is, of course, not England. It's Ireland. But I was really impressed at Powers Court Garden, if you're going to be in Dublin. Uh, Roy, you've had groups in Powers yes, Court. Yes, yeah, just south of garden. Dublin in yeah. the Wicklow Mountains, a gorgeous garden based around an old, ruined 18th-century manor house. A lot of these but, gardens are based around some historic manor yeah, house. Yeah, yeah I, I come from Cornwall, and, uh, which is a milder place than most of the rest of the country, so there are some fantastic gardens down there. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We are debating gardens in England, and there are a lot of gardens to enjoy. The, what about just at Kew Gardens? I mean, that's probably the most yeah. famous oh, yeah. opportunity. How could we forget? Roy, what's Kew Gardens? It's the, the main sort of headquarters and gardens of the Royal Horticultural Society. Botanical. Botanical Society. Uh-huh. And it's got this uh, industrial age iron and glass uh, structure, yeah. well, which those, is quite yeah. striking on those its own. Those great greenhouses of the 19th century, which mm. could be really large and elaborate, it's an ultimate one in Kew. Oh, and it's like going to the jungle in it London. Is, it is. But all country houses would have had them on, on a large or small scale, growing exotic things like oranges and pineapples. Yeah. Um, and that must for have the been a big house. deal in the 19th yeah. century to well, grow this yeah. sort of thing. And pineapples are so expensive, you could rent them for the evening and return them the next day. <laughs> rent? <laughs> Only in Britain can you rent a pineapple. That's, that's pretty good. Now, is it my imagination or does Anne Hathaway's cottage up in Shakespeare? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's yes. a gorgeous... Yes. That, that really, I just thought it the was like me. an explosion mm. of color. Yeah. Mm. And also a classic... English garden because it seemed intentionally messy. And set against the beautiful outside of the... With the thatches coming down. It's like the thatches are like bangs on a hair. And I think that is the quintessential view of so many people's view of England. That sort of old thatch building, timber framed with these riotous gardens with all this colour. Oh, it is nice. Now, something a little more formal would be rose gardens. And in my travels, I've bumped into rose gardens around Britain. Where are some rose oh, gardens Hampton you would Court. Hit? Yeah. Hampton Court. Hampton Court has got the most glorious gardens. Don't miss the rose garden yeah. there. Yeah. There's a rose garden at right in Hyde Park. In uh, Regent's, Regent's Park. 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 Yeah. Okay, Regent's. Near Baker Street. Okay. And Warwick Castle has got a superb yeah. rose garden. And you miss it. You're, you're making yeah. a beeline for the castle, mm. and then there's a little path through the hedge, and you've got this glorious rose garden. Yeah, it's a super place. So rose gardens, pay attention to that, and labyrinths. Uh, Lab- labyrinths we, are we quite fashionable now. Yeah. Mazes. Mazes. Mazes, that's yeah. right. Hampton Court Mazes. Hampton Court, maybe the most famous Hampton Court. Le- yeah. Lee's Castle has a very And there's a very up-and-coming one at Blenheim Palace as well. Oh, yeah. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking gardens with three people very enthusiastic <laughs> about English gardens. Give me a little rendition of your favorite tune, please. Roy, Jillian, oh. and Tom. La, 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 In an English country garden. This is such an inspiration. I'm going to England. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to a garden. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Elise is on the phone from Nevada City in California. 
Elise, thanks for your call. Sure, hi. Hi, do you have a comment or a song for our guides? <laughs> <laughs> a comment. One of the less of a formal garden was Henry Moore's home. What really impressed me was his acreage of this rolling hills and grass, and sitting among these 70 acres are these massive stone and bronze statues. Yeah, yeah. Just They were absolutely exquisite to just touch them and walk around and be among his work. I believe it's the largest collection. This is Henry Moore's home, actually. Yes. Hoglands is the name of his home, which kind of attracted me to the whole idea of, well, go and, see what Hoglands and, and is. where is this from in relation to other places we might go, Roy? It's in Kent? Her- Hertfordshire? Hertfordshire. 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 So find Henry Moore's home, and you've got a chance to mix the gardens and his beautiful sculpture. Yes, it was quite I'm, impressive. And at least his garden is just littered with these beautiful Henry Moore statues, this, yep. the, the minimalist uh, m- modern statues. And quite deliberately, Moore placed some of the statues mm. in sheep pastures. Yes. So you get all the sheep wandering around these incredible pieces of artwork. Mm. Nice. Elise, thanks for your call. Sure, thank you. Tom Hooper, Gillian Chadwick, and Roy Nichols, thanks so much for getting us a little inspired for English gardens. Just to sum it up, what's one more tip you would give to our listeners who are planning a trip to England and might want to enjoy the gardens to the most? Gillian. If you can travel in May, it's my favourite time with all the blossoms. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to be in Wales, Bodnant Garden has the most fabulous Laburnum Arch where you walk about 100 yards and it's like bells of yellow flowers dropping down on you. Tom Hooper. If you're in the Lake District and you're interested in Wordsworth, people go to Dove Cottage, but don't forget to go to Rydal Mount where he spent most of his time. That was um, after he had some money and he moved into a fancy manor house. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some fantastic gardens there, and it's not far from where he wandered lonely as a cloud and saw the daffodils. Mm. Right. There's an organisation called the National Garden Scheme, which brings together private gardens and private gardeners. And one or two days a year, usually sort of June time, at the height of the garden season, they open these private gardens, gardens that are normally closed off to the public, you get the chance, sometimes for a small fee, to see these wonderful gardens. Gillian, Tom and Roy, thank you so much. And my black thumb has just got a little more uh, appreciation of green. <laughs> <laughs> thank Thanks, you, Rick. Ben. Okay, thank bye you. now. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to England, Scotland, Ireland and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next adventure in Great Britain or Ireland, begin your trip at ricksteves.com.